Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan. It's overtime. Toby Altizer with you for a little over an hour left here before we turn it over to some Capitals hockey here on The Fan as they take on the Coyotes. But we're talking about the Commanders. So let's talk about how you would rank offseason priorities. What do you think they need to upgrade? If you took over as general manager, how would you framework your discussions and what you prioritize in the offseason. So let's start. When you're talking about prioritizing things, first thing you got to do is figure out the needs, right? Well, I think if you look around, I think you can argue that there's needs at pretty much every position. Like, what, punter you don't need? Tressway? Even, even on special teams, you need a new long snapper. You probably need a new kicker. I think we should draft a long snapper. Trade up for one. Why not? You've got extra picks now. Trade up for a long snapper. No, I mean, honestly, look around. Like, defensive tackle, I think, is something that you could maybe make the argument as the only position on the entire roster that you'd say, we don't need to upgrade. Quarterback, I guess, is the other one because you have to make a decision on how. But ultimately, you'd still have to do something because Brissett is done after this year in terms of a contract. Maybe you just bring them back. But either way, you're going to have to make some decisions. So how would you prioritize this? We'll start quickly. Number one and number two to me kind of work hand in hand. Number one is still quarterback to me. You just have to make the decision, right? Is it Sam Howell? Is it not Sam Howell? We've spent plenty of time discussing that. But to me, number one is still the quarterback position. Make that decision. Because if you're going to spend a draft pick on him, on a quarterback, I don't want to spend a second or a third round draft pick on a quarterback. Spend the first, the top five pick on a quarterback. Spend your highest draft capital on the quarterback. I mean, I think you got to do that whether you're keeping Howell or not. I don't think so. If you're going to keep Howell, then why would you draft a quarterback in the top five? Because he's only got two more years left on his rookie contract. And if you get another draft pick and it hits, you got a lot longer that you can keep him. And that's how you win Super Bowls now. You know, it's like you underpay yeah, those rookie if quarterbacks. You're, if you're going to stick with Howell, then you go and upgrade that offensive line right away with one of those tackles. That's kind of where I'm at. So I, I don't. I get your point. I'm not saying you're fully wrong, but I do. I, I think you ultimately make the decision. Either you're going to take a quarterback with your first pick, which right now would currently be fourth overall, or you stick with Sam Howell. And that's why that'd still be number one for me. But right behind it, and basically the big overarching one that has to be upgraded, because ultimately if you went into the offseason right now and said we're not doing anything at quarterback, 
aside from signing a backup, then fine. I think a lot of people would be, I, I don't know that they would be thrilled with it, but I think they'd be okay with it. But that's my top priority. But outside of that, I think you have to upgrade at offensive tackle. If we're looking offensive line in general, I think it's got to be tackle first. Because Leno has not been great. I think he's been okay, but Wiley has been atrocious on the outside. Just absolutely atrocious. And you've got to upgrade at tackle. Got to upgrade. I don't know that Leno's been horrible, but he hasn't been great. So you've got to upgrade at tackle. There's no doubt about that. And then right after that is interior of the offensive line. I don't know what happened to Ricky Stromberg, but you drafted him in the third round, and you've gone to Tyler Larson, and you still, still can't get him on the field? I don't know. It's not great to have him there as a rookie, and he's still not getting time. He, he was pretty highly regarded, I thought, as a draft prospect, but hasn't worked out so far. Cosme's been okay at right guard, but I, I don't know that anyone across the offensive line, you feel like you have to keep Chris Paul, has finally gotten a real opportunity, and I don't know, it hasn't played out well. Steve Charles, I thought, was okay early in the season. I know some people thought he was pretty good, but I, I don't know that I would say he was pretty good. I think a lot of these guys, even if they played well, it was fairly average, and it made it was made to look a lot better because the rest of the guys were getting beat so bad. So the offensive line, to me, just as a whole unit, needs to be addressed. If you want to put it as your number one priority, I get it. To me, quarterback's still the top thing. But offensive line has to be the thing that they address with the most. You're going to have $90 million in cap space. You're going to have a first-round pick, two second-round picks, two third-round picks. I mean, all five positions should probably be new guys. The one thing I think you got to consider, too, is because they're in such a rebuilding phase, and who knows what a new GM is going to want to do, but they could trade down. Oh, yeah. I mean, they you know, could trade they down. They could trade a high top five draft pick. Maybe somebody else really wants some quarterback that's up there, and you can get two other first-round picks or something out of it, and maybe there's your O-line and somebody else. You yeah. know, it's like No, and I know Grant's a huge proponent of trading down. Yeah, if it's something where you don't love the quarterback, you can get it, say, if you're still at four because Caleb Williams and Drake may go one and two. I'm not on board with the idea that if Marvin Harrison is there that you have to take him over a tackle. No. We don't need it. We would just trade him. There's no reason to have I, him. I'm not fully on board with that. And if you need to trade down, say you trade down to 10 because someone wants to come up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. And you can get an offensive tackle that you deem to be close in terms of skill level to the guy out of Penn State or the guy out of Notre Dame, then fine. I'm I'm fine with trading down. But I just think that if you're going to be up there, that would assume that you've made your decision on Howell and you're going to stick with Howell. You have to stick with Howell. That's what you're going to yeah. do, I feel. If so, you're going to trade down, you're sticking again, with Howell. I think quarterback's sure. still the first decision you got to make, but offensive line has to be addressed heavily after that. Let's get out to Pat in Mechanicsville. Pat, what's going on? Hey, man, what's happening? Hey, um, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, Pat. Hey, um, I, I would take, um, like, say, if Williams – or uh, Bay's not there. I, I like Bowers. I, I think if okay. we got a tight, if we got a legitimate tight end that could be his like his blanket to throw to, I, I I think we could do something with that. And um, I think we can get take the other two picks we got early and, and go after 
either offensive linemen there or go. We got a hundred, probably a hundred million dollars in salary cap, and I think you should be able to get two or three decent offensive linemen, and uh, that that's the way I would go. Appreciate it, Pat. Yeah, and I don't hate the idea of Brock Bowers. My only concern is here are some of the guys that have been drafted in the first round, and not all these guys have been drafted as early. But Kyle Pitts, I think Kyle Pitts is still talented. But it, was he worth a number four overall pick? No. T.J. Hawkinson was number eight overall in 19. I think T.J.'s good, but I think Sam Laporta stepped in, and he was just as good, right? Right behind him. So, I don't know. Uh, Noah Fant was the 20th pick. Hayden Hurst was the 25th pick. O.J. Howard was the 19th overall pick. So, you just start looking through some of these things, and, yeah, some of them turn out to be solid tight ends. So, looking at some guys drafted inside the top 10, Vernon Davis was a sixth overall pick. I think he was good, but... Worthy of a number six overall pick? I don't know. Kellen Winslow, number six overall pick. Not the Kellen Winslow, the second. Sorry. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I would do that with the tight end when you. Unless you're getting like a Gronkowski or Tony Gonzalez level tight end. I just. There's you, so many other needs that it. need to be addressed. You I can't feel. guarantee it. Brock yeah, that's Bowers, what I mean. Brock Bowers, I think, is that type of tight end. He's got that type of talent. I don't know that you can guarantee it when you can go get a tackle. And it seems like the hit rate on those tackles is much higher. You can usually project what those guys are going to be. Let's get out to Chris in Damascus. Chris, what's going on? Hey, Toby and Tellers. Um, who the heck picked uh, um, oh, the Chiefs? I got some of all these names in my head. Uh, Pat Mahomes. Yep. They traded up to get Pat Mahomes. Who was that Andy Reid's call? I don't know. But that's what we need. We need somebody to assess the quarterbacks, including Sam, the ones in the draft. That's the most important thing. Then, because we're so close to the top of the draft, it's we got to kind of assess the quarterback and have somebody who's good at it, knows what we're getting, and get the quarterback first. Then every other pick can be the line next. The receivers don't matter if you got no one to throw it to them. I think that's what you got to do. But who's going to be the GM, the picker of the team? And everything you said about GM gets the parts, and then the, whoever the coaching staffs are, you coach yep. up what you got. Yep. Chris, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I think that's dead on. I, I think that the general manager is going to come in here. He's going to have to evaluate what he's got at quarterback. But I think that's honestly the biggest hire of all of this. Like, we can talk about the coach. We can talk about all these things. I think the biggest decision that Josh Harris is going to make that's going to have the biggest impact on the future of this organization is who he hires as general manager. Because ultimately, the way it should work, the way it works with really good organizations, the owner hires the GM and gets out of the way, and the GM hires the coaches, or, or the co- at least the head coach. The head coach can ki- hire his coordinators. The GM makes the decisions on players. And when you have that general manager in place, he can make the decisions for the future, unlike a coach-centric approach where he's just coaching for his job, right? We all understand that the Chase Young and Montez sweat moves weren't made by Ron Rivera. We we all understand that. That's made by generally a GM type who has more of a long-term security than the head coach. So, yeah, I, I think that whoever Josh Harris hires as general manager is going to have his work cut out for him. He's going to have to make the decision at quarterback, and he's going to have a lot of cap space and draft picks to fix the rest of the roster, starting with the offensive line. Let's continue talking about this, but we're going to take a break. What do you... What do you have as the top priorities going into the offseason? 800-636-1067. If you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener line, you can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. We'll get to some of your phone calls next here on The Fan. 
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan. It's overtime. Toby Altizer with you for about another hour here on The Fan. What are your priorities in the offseason? 800-636-1067. Let's get out to Ray, who is in Clinton. Ray, what's going on, man? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing this evening? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. You know, the, the, the old school way to do it, you said it. You know, you get the GM, let the GM hire the coach, let the coach get his staff. They let the GM, you know, get the players for the coach. Now, if they fall within the first four picks of this draft, you got three other teams up under you the way it sits now. They're up under you right now. You got the Jets, you got Tampa, and you got New Orleans. Now, let's build. Let's get smart. Either one of those, I'm telling them, I need your first this year, your second round of this year, and I need your first next year. The reason why? Because we can address everything within those first 60 picks that we have with the, with the first, the three seconds, and then you got a first next year. This year, you can get your, you can get your offensive linemen. Hear me out now. If they don't want to stay with Hal, my quarterback, me, if I'm the GM, I'm Raymond. I'm the GM of the Commanders. I'm getting Jalen Daniels from out of LSU. I'm sorry. Yeah. They can have Caleb Williams. They can have Caleb. But after I get Jalen Daniels now, oh, wait a minute. I got my I got three second round picks now. I can go with three offensive linemen or I can go two offensive linemen and linebacker. Or yeah. I can go two offensive linemen. This is what I'm saying now. I'm getting two offensive linemen in that second round. I'm going to get two offensive linemen in that second round. They might not be the guy from Penn State. They might not be the guy from uh, uh, Notre Dame. Or I could draft my offensive linemen in the first round, and one of those quarterbacks can fall, like Bo Nix. He already, he's already anticipating going to prognosticate and say he's going in the second round. Then you have all these other draft picks that you have where you can address everything that you need. But your main thing 
If you fall within that top four, you trade that pick to one of those three hungry teams that need a quarterback for three picks, and then yeah. your process might not be as long as everybody is anticipating. You know, that process won't have to be, won't have to be that long. If, yeah. you bring, if you draft the right players and, you, and they coach them up the way they're supposed to be coached up, this team could be a winning team within the next two years. Look at Detroit. Look yeah. at what Detroit Ray, did. Uh, Ray, after I got to cut you off, coach. man. Uh, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I think it's a good point, though. If there's a team behind you that you feel, if you deem you're fine with Howell, again, I think that's the ultimate decision right there. If you're fine with Howell, stay with him. But if, if you want the quarterback, stay where you're at. But I do think that's a good point that if you're going to stick with Sam Howell, and there's a team behind you that says, hey, we need to come up and get a quarterback. Or if there's a team behind you that wants Marvin Harrison or Brock Bowers, whoever it may be, maybe even one of the tackles, if you feel like one of these tier two guys is right there with the Fashanu or Joe Alt, one of those guys, like if you feel one of these other guys is right there in that same class and you can get them at 10, yeah, fine. I don't think trading down is a bad idea because if you can keep stockpiling draft picks and you've got a GM who is good at making those draft picks, you can absolutely turn this thing around real quick. Let's get out to Daryl in Virginia. Daryl, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, I think trading down always sounds – it sounds a lot better in theory than it, than it typically ends up in practice. You know what I mean? I think it's always easy to say, hey, if you're in the top five, give your pick away, and then you can get four other picks. But even if you look at what we did with Alave, right? So, mm-hmm. so we could have picked Alave – we traded back. We got four or five other picks. But in reality, Alave is a cornerstone of his team. He's a thousand-yard receiver. There's no question that he's part of the future. Everything we got is a question mark in return. So I think that you know, in the off season, I'm going best player available. If I'm in the top five, I take the best player available. And there's a reason that people want to come up and get that guy. Yeah. We get whipped every single week by elite talent. We're not in a position to turn elite talent down. We need to draft it and move forward. Thank you for taking my call. Daryl, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, that's also a really good point. When you're drafting in the top five, chances are you're going to get a cornerstone piece, or you're definitely going to get a chance to draft a guy who can be a cornerstone piece. So let's get one more phone call in here. Let's get out to Jack in Oxon Hill. Jack, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? Long-time listener. I love the show. Appreciate it, man. Hey, yeah, so I agree with the last caller. Honestly, I would uh, fire Ron Rivera against the enemy in there. Each game is a new game. You can see how enemy is going to go in there, working with Sam Hill or Sam Howell. And then also I think we should just lose out, honestly. Go in the draft, get a cornerstone like you're saying, and it's going to be somebody that can help us win. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Jack, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right on. I mean, I don't know if I would move on from Ron Rivera. Like I said at the beginning, I don't necessarily hate the idea. We'll see. I don't think it will happen, but I don't necessarily hate the idea. But I, I'm also kind of out on the enemy, so it also doesn't necessarily make a huge deal to me. Let's sneak in one more here. Let's get to Bill in Lorton. Bill, what's going on? Hey, how are you doing tonight? Doing I love great. the show. You got a great, you got a great radio voice. Appreciate it. But I go along with what you're saying, um, Toby. We got to get a general manager and a head coach in here who going to. Put their stamp on this team. This this is the remnants of the Dan Snyder era. Get all that out of here. And uh, that offensive line, got to gotta get two two draft picks in that. Maybe an edge rusher and a linebacker. 
But the good, the 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 good off offensive lineman, that's what we need the most. I agree with you, one hundred percent. Bill, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that if you're going to stay up there, you can keep speculating about Marvin Harrison and those things. Look. If you look around football and you talk to just about anybody, a lot of people at least, believe that the best football player in the NFL, it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's not one of these sexy skill position guys that you love watching, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. A lot of people tell you it's either Aaron Donald years ago or Trent Williams now. It's all starts up front. And so, yeah, Marvin Harrison might be spectacular. But getting a guy like a Trent Williams, I, I don't know if Alt or Fashanu out of either of those guys are going to be Trent Williams. But if you have the chance to take that guy, you take that guy because although it's not going to be the flashiest thing, it might have it's going to have a bigger impact. It's not going to might have a bigger impact. It's going to have a bigger impact, even though they might not catch the football. It's going to have a bigger impact. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the Commanders. Do you really think that Ron needs to be fired now? Or are you kind of iffy on it? We'll talk about all that and more coming up next here on Overtime on The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Final 40 minutes or so here on Overtime 106.7 The Fan before we turn it over to Capitals Hockey tonight. They take on the Coyotes, the last game of their five-game West Coast road trip. They'll be home again on Thursday against the Stars. Continue talking about the Commanders. So, Ron Rivera is still the head coach of this football team. And I know a lot of you expect, well, we all expect him to be done at the end of the year. The question is, do you think it needs to be done right now? You got a bye week. You'd have four more games. Whoever would take over, you could evaluate them. My only thing about this is, I agree with Danny's points, like I said earlier, that if you were to move on from Ron Rivera, it sends a message to the fan base and to the players. To the fan base, it says, we're not going to put up with horrible football. We're not going to put up with all of this. Yes, we could just let it ride, but we're not going to put up with it. As an ownership group, we won't stand for it. Not saying that that's by not doing it, they're not sending that message, but you could send a pretty clear message. We're done with it. And the joke that this team has turned into over the last couple of weeks is completely unacceptable. And although our plan beforehand was to let him finish the year, it's become so unacceptable that he's got to go. I think that if they were to make a move like that, that's the message they'd be sending. And then to the players which if there are players in that locker room right now 
that are feeling like they have made it or whatever the case may be, or that they're going to mail it in towards the end of the season, then (laughs) they're probably not the right guys anyways. But the message it would send there is you're not guaranteed anything. You're not guaranteed a thing. My thing is coming down the stretch here, these guys better be motivated. I don't know that you've seen a lack of effort from this team. I'm not saying that. But it just, I don't know if it feels like the emotion's all been there. I don't know if it feels like everybody's been locked in. But they better be. Because guess what? You're playing for your job. I'm not going to name any particular players, but I'm sure you can think through the roster and think of particular players that you're thinking about right now where it's like, dude, if you don't come out and produce in the last couple of games here, or at least show some efforts, or at least continue to go out there and do your job and hopefully do it well, you're not guaranteed to be a guy. I'm not saying that some dude that was drafted as a first-round pick or some guy that's starting for this team now suddenly is going to be out of the league, but you might be playing for your spot on the roster next year. You might be playing for the last chance for you to start. So this team has a lot to play for. They really do. And it might not have anything to do with actual on-field score-related results. Because, let's be honest, the playoffs have been done for forever. And if you're talking about what the on-field results could result in, yeah, it could get you a higher draft pick. Maybe all the way up to number one, highly unlikely. I think they got about an 8% chance. It's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to pick somewhere around the three, four, five, maybe even six range, depending upon how everything finishes. I don't know that this team wins another game this season. Now, the one game that they could they could probably win, and maybe you feel good about their chances if you're still looking for that sort of thing, would be the game against the Jets, because the Jets, I mean, they're in quarterback drama right now. Even today, there are reports saying that, that Zach Wilson, they want to kind of go back to Zach Wilson. He's reluctant to take the job over because of the injury risk because, let's be honest, he's going to be out of New York next year. So he's thinking, well, let me go sign a contract to be a backup somewhere else. I'm not going to hurt myself by stepping back in when you benched me in the first place. But down the stretch here, it's Rams, Jets, Niners, Cowboys. They're not beating the Niners. They're not beating the Cowboys. I don't feel great about them coming off a bye, traveling across the country, facing the Rams either, I don't know. They might not win another game. That means they're going to finish the year 4-13. and 13. So there's not a whole lot in terms of results, score-related stuff to play for. But a lot of these guys need to realize you're playing for jobs. You're playing for the chance to get on the field. You know, if, if you're not a first-round pick, if you're not a guy that has that draft capital, you might be actually playing for a roster spot because – Let's be honest, some of the guys that are on this football team, I don't know that another team's rushing out to pick them up if they end up off this football team. So there's a lot to play for. But do you need to see Ron moved on from? Because I think it would send a message, like I said, to the fan base and the players. The players shouldn't need a message to be sent, to be honest. They should be professional enough to come up with the motivation and realize where they're at on their own. But it would send a message my thing is, I'd be fine with it just to send the message, but I, I, like I talked about earlier, if you missed it earlier, you can rewind on the Odyssey app, but I'm kind of out on Eric Bieniemy. Like, there's no clear guy to take over. It's going outside of Bieniemy. 
if they fired Ron Rivera, it's going to go to Eric Bieniemy, and I don't know, man. I just don't think that Bieniemy is going to be the head coach here next year. So I'm not saying I want to see Ron stick around because chances are you're going to see a little more of the same that you saw yesterday with just not playing as good a competition. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem like doing it accomplishes anything. I'm kind of fine either way. But I don't know that it is the right move at this time. It just firing Jack Del Rio, that was the right move. But again, it kind of seems like one of those things where I don't know how you get, you know, you're not going to go out in the streets and celebrate because a guy lost his job. Like, let's be real about it. But at the same point, like, it's not like it gives you the satisfaction because at the end of the year, I think you kind of understand everybody's gone. So I don't know. Where are you at, Chris? Is it something that you want to see right now, or is it something that it doesn't really matter? Well, I don't think they're going to fire Ron at this point because you're not going to fire two defensive coordinators in the same season. That's just not going to happen. Uh, that's just way too much turnover to expect anything at all from anyone on the defense at that point. Well, and here's the thing. I don't know that they care about results at this point. Sure, so. but still, I just, I, I don't, I've never heard of a team firing two of the, the, the same position and coordinator in the same season. The, the one issue I have with the logic behind not firing him is that I saw, I forget who it was, but someone tweeted out, I think it was Florio having some patience and they were hoping to give future candidates a good view of the franchise by saying, Hey, we're not going to be hasty on anything. They're not being hasty on anything. That may be true. I also think, but here's the thing. They Chris. don't want to put B enemy in head coach. Cause I don't think they're going to keep him next year. I don't think they're planning on it at least. And why basically let him audition for other jobs on your team this season? Like, what is the bonus? Like, why? What's the benefit to the commanders? To do sure, that, so. I, I do get that. But here's the thing about what I was talking about with Florio: they're not being hasty if they fired him right now. They lost forty to twenty to the Bears. They've lost forty-five to fifteen to the Dolphins. And there's years of incompetence. That that would not be something where, oh man, I don't want to go work for the Harris group because they will at the drop of a hat make they're not the Panthers. I thought after that first Giants loss, that was probably when the They're not like start David dropping, Tepper but... where Tepper is firing dudes left and right. That even if they moved on from Ron Rivera after the the Bears game or after Thanksgiving, whatever it might have been, it wouldn't have been viewed as hasty. Like I think we all understand where they're at. So, I don't know. I don't think it has to be done right now. Uh, but it's one of those things that I think either way is fine. Just depends upon what the Harris ownership group wants to do. But I think you're getting a glimpse into what they want to do. They want to be respectful to guys, take their time, not be brash, not be anything too hasty like Florio kind of mentioned. Like, I don't think it would have been hasty to fire him, but I think they're trying to show some of that patience. Why? I think that's how they're going to be as an ownership group going forward. They're going to bring in a general manager. They're kind of going to get out of the way. Obviously, you're going to check in on what he's doing, but they're not going to say, hey, we want this quarterback. Go do it. They're not going to be that type. They're going to kind of not hands off, but they're not going to be controlling either. They want to understand what's going on. They want to be in the know, but they're going to let the general manager do his job. And I think that's refreshing to know that you're going to have a competent ownership group that isn't going to meddle in the football things and going to let the football people make the football decisions. So I think that's kind of the glimpse that we've gotten throughout the season and what they're going to do, even going back to Jack Del Rio being fired. 
they put out a statement saying, look, man, it wasn't us. Ron came to us and said, this is the move I want to make. And so I think what you're going to see, obviously Ron being the head coach, general manager, kind of in charge of the whole thing, I think what you're going to see going forward is that position's obviously going to be gone. It's going to be the general manager. And when the GM says, I'm done with this coach, fine. General manager makes the, you know, the call on that sort of thing. So I think it's kind of refreshing to see that the ownership group isn't going to be overly involved in the football decisions going forward. That's got to give you some hope because we've seen for years ownership get involved and everything ends up falling apart because non-football people were getting involved in football. So I, I, I think it's honestly, whatever you want to make of it, I think they are setting a good precedent that they are going to be a very patient and generally a good ownership group and that they're not going to overstep their bounds. And honestly, what's what's the the best thing that can happen right now if you fire Ron right now? What you start winning some games and get a worse draft pick? <laughs> like what what's the best case scenario? Yeah. Like, I mean, keep Ron in place and you'll keep losing games. So. Yeah. So <laughs> why change that if that's what you want to do right now is get draft picks, you know? Yep, one hundred percent. Let's take a break. When we come back, I do want to get into the college football playoff. I was absolutely incensed by what the committee did yesterday. Just absolutely horrible. You want to talk about it, 800-636-1067. You can also tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer. But let's talk about the college football playoff next. You're in overtime on The Fan. Welcome back. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you. About 20 more minutes here on The Fan before we turn it over to Capitals Hockey. So we got to talk about this. I was absolutely incensed yesterday. Yes, a lot of it was that window from 1 o'clock to 4 (laughs) o'clock. I mean, (laughs) that window did a lot of it. We understand that. But it started, when did it get revealed? I was watching that. Around 12, 25, 1230. It started then, and it just boiled over. Everything kept building on it after that. Because the committee was an absolute disgrace to college football yesterday with the decision that they made to make it so that an undefeated ACC champ is not going to be involved in the college football playoff. It is so wrong. So, so wrong. And I think you can can argue that they did what their their motto is, which is four best teams, which I'll argue that is incredibly wrong because sports has never been about getting the four best of anything, right? Right? How many times have we seen a one, two, three, and four of the top four teams in anything just get to the conference finals or get to a conference championship? There's always upsets. There's always teams that aren't better than the team that they're playing that find a way to win. That's what sports is all about, right? If you're doing four best teams, we never have. Do you believe in miracles? Right? USA doesn't win that. They're not one of the four best teams, but they found a way with heart, right? There's so many things that it's not about four best. It's about the four that earned their way there. And I saw a notification that said the committee didn't feel that Florida State could win the national championship. They haven't lost to anyone. I know they don't have their quarterback. I get it. But give them a shot. And you say, well, you know, they, they're on a third string or they're on their backup quarterback. Oh, man. I'm sure if we went back and looked at the college football playoff history, Chris, we could never, ever find a time 
when a team on their third-string quarterback went on to win the national championship. It's just completely unprecedented. No, the first year of the college football playoff, Cardale Jones won it for Ohio State. So you can't even make that argument. They have not lost. All they did was win every game on their schedule, and you said it wasn't good enough. Just completely unacceptable that you decided that the beauty pageant of college football, because that's what it is now, was decided to go to Alabama because, God forbid, you leave out the almighty Southeastern Conference. Did you think it was a little fishy that they decided to play an SEC on ESPN commercial and then come back and say, oh, by the way, we left out the undefeated ACC champs for who else? The SEC. And that's what I think it really comes down to. It was just they were worried about money and ratings. And, and this it was is where nothing it's so else. Wrong. It was just money and ratings. This to is them. where it's so wrong. So. We talk about it being for the players all the time, right? It's, it's never been about the players. They didn't even pay that. them until recently. But even, like, the, <laughs> even the coaches will talk about it's for the players. And it's changed a little bit because of NIL. And you can say it's for the players. How can it be for the players when every other player on the Florida State roster got screwed because Jordan Travis got tackled and broke his leg? That is so wrong. You're telling me that one play in a game, one play where Jordan Travis goes down, decided their entire fate over an entire game for Alabama in which they lost to the University of Texas. They got that right at least. Texas has to be over Bama because they won head-to-head, so credit to that. But, I, I mean, you've seen so many arguments today and so many good ones. So if you're going to say that Florida State isn't good, uh, good enough to be in the playoff, and they're not better than teams, and you went with the four best, they're still ranked ahead of Georgia, who only lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game. They've been the number one team all year. So you're telling me that Florida State isn't one of the four best, but oh, by the way, they're better than the team that was number one all year and only lost one game? No. You cannot continue to call these things the Power Five. It's going to go away. I get that with the Pac-12. You call it the Power Five for a reason. Why? Because it's the top five conferences, okay? You cannot call it the Power Five conferences. And then when one of the teams goes undefeated, and wins a Power 5 conference championship, and you leave them out for a one-loss other team. And, oh, by the way, it's the SEC. Just call it what it is then. It's the SEC and Big Ten Invitational. We'll bring in some other teams, but we for sure have to put in the SEC and the Big Ten. College sports has been—it's been a charade all along because they never did it for the players, like you said earlier. But it's become even worse now because now they try to pretend like they care about other things other than the SEC and the Big Ten. It's a joke. In college football, it should not just be about those two conferences. And guess what? The SEC was not the best conference in college football this year. So in years past, maybe you could say, well, we put them in because they had the, the best conference and they won the best conference. Okay, you can't say it this year. You can't. It's just an absolute joke that Florida State won undefeated as ACC champs and they have to sit at home and watch because you're worried that their quarterback got hurt and the quality of game might not be good. It's not about ratings. It's not about money. 
But the problem is... It is about ratings and money. That's the problem. And that's the problem. When you empower these companies to make all the decisions on it, then it becomes about ratings and money, and it's not about being the best team. It's not about winning the football games. It's only about the thing that's going to put the most money in your pocket, and that's a shame because you screwed over the entire University of Florida State, you screwed over the ACC, and you screwed over, and the worst part, you screwed over every single player on the Florida State roster. Jordan Travis, after the game, tweets, you know what? I wish I would have broken my leg earlier so you could have seen that this team isn't all about a quarterback. He's right. It's unbelievable that you got to a guy so badly and screwed them so badly he'd be willing to say that. And oh, by the way, okay, if you say Travis was out, did they not go on the road to the swamp with their backup and win against the almighty Southeastern Conference? Uh, Yeah, they did. Yep, they did. And the ACC championship, were they not playing, not some low-level, the number 14 team in the nation, the number 14 team in the nation, the Louisville Cardinals, were they not playing them and they beat them with their mm, third-string quarterback? Yeah. Oh, but guess what? A true freshman. A true freshman. This is the problem. Football's only become about points. Who, Who cares about defense, right? Florida State has a heck of a defense. They should be punished because they're on a quarterback that you've never heard of. That's not their fault. And they still did what? Won the football games. If it's just a beauty contest, then pick the teams before the season so I don't have to waste my time watching college football. It's a joke. An absolute joke. And if you say it's about the four best teams, then why haven't you been talking about Oregon? Because guess what? Oregon was one of the better teams this year. They've lost twice, and both times it's been to an undefeated Washington team. Ohio State would have an argument in that, too. Ohio State would have an argument in that as well. I I think you got to be talking about these other teams. But why? Guess what? It's because the merit and resume of your season matters. But suddenly it doesn't because it's an ACC champ who they deem not to be nearly as good. Just absolute shame and absolute shame. The SEC needs to stop being worshipped by college football. Seriously. It's not going to get any better. The 12-team playoff might solve some of this, whatever. We're not I think it's going to solve a lot because in but this still. scenario, pretty much any team with one loss would have made it in anyway. It, it's you just know. an absolute joke. And you could have some of those weird ball teams, like, you know, every now and then UCF goes undefeated or Ball State or whatever, you know, and, like, they want in. Like, you can still throw a team like that in. Yeah, I mean, you can make the argument for those, and I, I can understand when we argue about those, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, Liberty went undefeated this year. Yeah, Is yeah. anyone arguing Liberty should be in? No. No, I, but I if you have a 12-team field, you'd be like, all right, throw them in at 11 or 12, you know, whatever. I, I, so. I, I just, I, it, it's just unbelievable when you have four teams and you have an undefeated Power 5 conference Did you see winner. the video of the Michigan reaction to uh, – yeah, to Florida I mean, State, that's not great. I, I thought I, that was I, pretty I think ugly, Bama too. Bama might steamroll them. Ooh, I thought that was real Bama ugly. might steamroll them now. But we've got to stop with this. It's just absolutely unbelievable. It's when you think about college sports, right? Think about the difference. Think about the difference in basketball and football. Think about it. In basketball, we champion the team who shouldn't have been there and finds a way to do it, right? Everybody remembers Fairleigh Dickinson, right? Everybody's excited about it. Oh, but this year in college football, the team that went undefeated just because they have an injury.
cannot be in the playoffs, it's a travesty. It's horrible. Just, it's a disgrace to the sport. Really is. Take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up everything before we turn it over to the Capitals. Hockey here on the fan. Final couple minutes here in overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you until Capitals Hockey. Chris, are you a big college football guy or kind of indifferent? Or? Definitely more NFL for me. How, how did you feel, though, overall? Is it, is it as – like, I'm still frustrated about it. So that. one of my good friends uh, went to Florida State, and he Ooh. was really upset about yeah, all that. Um, so. I mean, I don't really root for him or against him. I don't. I'm impartial, I'm not a but State I thought fan, I yet... thought it was. I mean, it, it really just comes to me, and I thought this since they started the four game playoff, four was way too few. They've always needed more teams, and it should have come a year earlier. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. It stinks. It stinks for them. Well, and I think you're starting to see this. I, I was texting with some buddies because they were, you know, just going back and forth on what we thought about the playoff and the ultimate selection. But it's like the arguments we used to have every year when there was no playoff and it was just the top two ranked teams, and it's the same arguments we yeah. would have every year, and it's happening again well, this I mean, year. The playoff gonna, was supposed to end this. We're still going to have arguments. It's I know, just, but... It's not going to be as relevant because it's going to be about like 10, 11, 12, Yeah, when you're 12. talking about the 13th or 14th, like, I'm sorry, you had chances to win more. You could have gotten yeah. in. You know, like, when you're talking only four, then these situations can still happen. But I think you're starting to see something in college sports in general because I saw someone tweet out about college basketball even. They said, I think it's time to accept that this year there's just not going to be a dominant team. I think you're starting to see some of the effects, obviously the transfer portal, but I think you're seeing the effects of NIL start to kind of even out some. And this is kind of what I thought when it started. You were going to see it kind of crazy at the start, right? Whenever you start something new, it's going to go a little bit crazy. Think about you open a restaurant, right? It's, everyone's there, right? You, st- you open up the floodgates of NIL and it goes crazy. But then over time, it starts to kind of even out, right? I think you're starting to see that. And the way it works is, why would I go be the third-string quarterback at Alabama when I can be the starter for South Carolina, right? I can still get in the SEC. I can still be the – I can still get the – I can be the starting quarterback and get the NIL money from it. I think you're starting to see it. You know, it's still obviously. Well, that's the thing. You could play at South Carolina a year or two and then maybe go to Alabama yeah. anyway. Well, you know? that's the thing. I think it's starting to, I think the transfer portal is a bit of an issue because you also see the stuff with Hunter Dickinson leaving Michigan and basically saying, yeah, I mean, I went where they paid me the most money. And that's not what it's meant for. But I do think you're starting to see some of the, wealth be spread around a little bit whereas before it was like oh you're a five-star you're going to Alabama along with everybody else right it's going to completely change the way recruiting works oh yeah and I don't think that's a bad thing I've been kind of stagnant I thought college has been stagnant for a while because of how recruiting works the bad thing about that I will say recruiting has changed the problem is you now have to recruit your own players and that's I'm at Louisville, or I'm at, like you said, the, the example of South Carolina, and I say, hey, we've got something building here. Please don't leave, right? Wake Forest, Sam Hartman goes to Notre Dame, right? I mean, all these guys that you saw go into the transfer portal today. I mean, it's it's a totally different landscape of college sports. Now you're starting to see the mega conferences and the super conferences kind of build up. So Yeah, so much has changed in college so football in just changing. the past, like, five years, and it's still changing, you yeah. know? It's still wrong that Florida State got left out. Just quickly no, as we wrap sure. up, 
2023 Heisman finalists were announced about an hour ago. Jaden Daniels out of LSU, Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State, Bo Nix, the Oregon quarterback, and Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. Real, qu- real quickly as we wrap up, who you got out of that? I'd say Harrison for fun will, might go to Penix, though. To be honest with you, you look at the stats, it's tough. How much do you weigh in team results? Because if you're going team results, it's got to be Penix. Jaden Daniels, listen to this. Just under 5,000 total yards and 50 touchdowns this year. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it might have to go to Jaden Daniels out of LSU. A caller earlier said that's who his guy is for quarterback for Washington. We'll see. That's going to do it for us for tonight. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate you, Chris, for producing behind the scenes. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.